guys. I'm Lana Turner. You're listening to the Perfect 10 Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. And today in the studio, I have my good friend, Miss Tiffany King. Hello. Aaron on the board. Hey, guys. And joining us is a very, very special guest. First time in the studio, Charlie Mike. <laughs> Hello, Charlie Mike. She is my dog, and she's been with me for a little over a month now. I talked a little bit about Charlie before. Isn't she the sweetest thing you've ever met? She's amazing. She's actually what I was going for when I adopted my dog. Um, she's much more chilled out. You know, my dog's very hyper. I haven't met your dog yet. Yeah, Most dogs are. Yeah, but it's funny because, you know, I'm kind of hyper. And Well, dogs yeah. are like they're human. They Aaron, are. Aaron, do you have they a dog? No, I, no. I grew up with dogs, though. Did did Was your dog like... Like you're somebody in your family or... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah what kind of dog? Uh, we've had a Cocker Spaniel and two Bajons and a Shih Tzu Poodle mix. <laughs> it's Aww. so true, though, because we had like two dogs and I had one dog that would constantly leave and then another dog that would constantly throw things at me so that they acted like each one of my parents. <laughs> That's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) This is familiar. Hmm. (laughs) That's hilarious. Charlie Mike is a lot like me, right? Wouldn't you say? She's like, she's so, I don't want to brag, but she's a sweetheart and she's athletic. Yes. And she's, she's, she doesn't mess in the house. Except she sheds a lot. I do too. She's a sweetheart like you, but I wasn't going to say like in the other way she's not because you're kind of an overachiever and she's more chilled out. She's mellow. Yeah, she's mellow and you're very like. Go, 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 go. Uh, oh, my gosh. I feel like an underachiever constantly, and that's not something I what? normally feel. Not an underachiever, but, like, to wake up so early every morning and work out, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, um, she's a beast. Well, Tiffany's been staying with me for yes. how many days now? It started off as just come and stay for the night. It's cool. you got a place to crash when you come right. to L.A. I, have to, I feel like I have to be careful with what I say right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I've been staying with Lana in her very clean, spacious, beautiful Hollywood space. Spacious. Not that Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. She's on spacious, <laughs> beautiful, clean, healthy oh. environment of uh, the Hollywood. Is it Hollywood Hills? Yeah, we yeah, the Hollywood Hills. It's an amazing view. Um, yeah, I love which is my house. Ironic considering what I'm going through. So I, I'm very appreciative of it. And my daughter is just having the best time ever with Lana's kids. It's really sweet, actually. Well, Tiffany showed up like in a panic, kind of right. So, well, I mean. Not a panic, just more of like, I'm going to take charge of my life and not be a victim anymore. And thank God the judge granted the restraining order and things are going in the right direction. I think, um, I think a lot of women who are victims of abuse and control, they do think they, they wait too long to take charge because they're hoping the person will change. They're hoping they can help the person. And oh, I've learned you cannot change anyone. No, I just got chills talking about it. Well, because... Ugh. Because it's so funny when you become a stereotype, and I already thought I was a stereotype with all my, you know, tattoos and my tramp stamp. Um, <laughs> What's your? What, turns out I'm other you stereotypes. Got, you got a, um, a, a. I got a Black Panther because it was the only thing that was big enough and cheap enough that I could find to cover up the name Miguel. <laughs> Is that what I wanted to ask you about the Black Panther? I was, yeah. Who is Miguel? Miguel is the guy I lost oh, my virginity to in Texas, and I was, was raised Catholic, and I, I had father issues. So I was like, "We're going to be together forever, and we're going to have kids." And wait, how we're old were you when land? you lost your virginity? I was eighteen, 18? or nineteen. Oh, that's not too young. But so, but you, how old was Miguel? He was he was a couple of years older, not much. Like oh. I think like two or three years older. But you were looking for somebody to kind of be a father figure at an early age. I mean, I think I was just looking for anything at that point. I was so shattered by uh, everything I'd gone through. You know, in my adolescence, I was the epitome of one of those girls who went to school early and stayed late just to be away from her uh, home environment because it was such a. Uh, 
everything was just so toxic. But, you know, I have to say now that I'm going through what I'm going through, I understand my mother on such a deeper level. Oh, my God. You get it's a, crazy. No, when you when you. Oh, my God. If I had just listened to my mother. I know. That's, that's how a, I feel. Yeah. I know. My, my mom, mother warned me. I know. Oh, my God. My mother um, I, aged with with like how aggravated she was with trying to get through to my thick head on the mistakes I was making. Well, and that's the thing I think, though, as mothers, we have to because I even had a friend, a mutual friend of ours. I'm not going to say her name. Tell me she was telling me all these things and I was, it was upsetting me. And she's like, well, I just don't want you to make the same mistakes I made, you know, and I think that's what we do as mothers. However, I had an aunt that I was very close to and she used to always say, well, honey, I got to be free to make your own mistakes because it isn't until you know it that you can actually <laughs> know it. You know what I mean? Like our mothers can tell us all day long, but we have to actually experience it. But I understand the whole because with my daughter, even I try to like, I'm like, I don't want her to be a brat like I was, you know, or I don't want her to feel entitled the way I felt entitled. And, mm. you know, she loves she loves the attention. But with that is a responsibility of knowing that there's other people in the room that matter, you know, right. That and I was very not God, cognizant of so much fucking pressure being a mom. Right. It is. Oh, my God. And I, to go up on stage and be funny with all this going on. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like, actually, I feel like getting on stage is. My, my, yeah, my therapy, my time to be able to do what I need to do, you know, like, I mean, all I've got, that's, uh, it's weird. I feel like the, whatever the amount of time I am on stage, that's when I'm truly alone Yeah, on yeah. some level, even though you're in front of a room full of people, cause yeah. it's just you and like, yeah. And it's fun. And I love the honesty. Cause you know, one of the things my, He's still my husband. The divorce isn't final, obviously. Oh my god, you're so just getting messy. started. I'm just getting into it. One of god, the things it drags on and on. I wish one of the it's things over. he said is that I constantly chose comedy and my daughter over him, and Ooh, and I was like, well, of course, because the stage doesn't lie. <laughs> the stage was always honest to me. If I was funny, they laughed. If I wasn't, they were like, "Girl, what are you talking about? This is not funny." <laughs> but I mean, to choose to lump your daughter into that, I know, is kind of fucked up because I can understand sometimes people are like. I mean, I, I can understand maybe some guy choosing something, you know, oh, he likes to play golf on the right, weekends. Right. Like, I, he's choosing that right. over time with me. And, and if he doesn't view what you do as a comic as a professional, which is really disrespectful, but yeah. a lot of people don't. It's weird. You know, he would, there would be times when we, we, there were some great moments. You know, I think every marriage has ups and downs. And there were moments where he would have an idea for a tag or for a joke and I would use it and it would work. And I'd come home and I'd be like, hey, look what we did. And he'd be like, all right, cool. But he would always be like, yeah, you got to make sure I get that writing credit. What? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm Was like, he joking? I, I feel like he was joking but then I also feel like there was like a, a resentment to from him he wanted the credit he wanted the acknowledgement very insecure sounding like one. yes oh. and it's funny because Joe Rogan I remember in the hallway one time Joe Rogan was standing there and you're not the only person by the way that, to say to me that after they become friends with me they're like I thought you were crazy because <laughs> <laughs> I, I just have crazy eyes um so Joe Rogan I well, we're all, let's be honest, everybody is. A little crazy. Everybody's crazy when you Everyone's get to know them. Everyone's a little bit crazy. And I have to say, some of the people who are the craziest are the ones that seem the most sane. Well, because you're being honest. And I feel like when you're trying to mask being crazy, that's when you go insane. Because you're trying to mask all those things. And the whole, I think, our, like our kids, for example. So August, April, and Zara, they met one time, what, like a year and a half ago? Mm. But then, so this is the next time. And they are so like open and being there for each other because they're both going through similar things and that's how adults should be but adults are so worried about what people so think. so guarded because of everything that happens and like yeah. how sweet though August my son yeah. almost made me cry the other day because 
he assumed the role of Zara's daddy. Yeah. Which I was so proud. I mean, to watch this little seven-year-old boy, he's like holds her hand and talks to her and like tries to feed her food. And like how, I mean, that just blew my mind because I'm so proud of him because he could have had the reverse reaction, which is, I'm just going to leave. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> I have to go to work. Wanna, I don't want to be. Well, and the thing with Zara is, you know, she's always gravitated. Since she was born, she's just had this energy where she always gravitated towards men. But then also with her dad going out of town for work so much, I started to notice as a mother that when we'd go places and we meet people, she was always going towards the men, the males. And I started yeah. to realize it's because she missed her father. And now she's coming into that age where she's cognizant. And, you know, I just constantly tell her, daddy is working. He loves you. He misses you. You know, and it's so hard after what he put me through to just keep it so pretty and beautiful and wonderful. But you have to as a mom because you don't want you to don't take anything, anything else away from them. You no, can't. No, because it's their dad. Like, no yeah. matter what you say, they're, they're, it's, your, it's their dad. Exactly. So, and, I, and I remember the cool, the cool thing about having gone through what I went through is I can learn from it. So I know the worst, one of the, one of the worst things about my parents' divorce and what they did is they both talked so badly about the other one to me. And those things are still with me. I mean, regardless of how hard it was for either one of them, that was 50% of the damage was hearing them say what the other one felt. Oh, and just yeah. All the negativity. And I don't want her to deal with any of that. Oh, you got to tell them that they're loved. Of course. They want, yeah. yeah no. And her dad does love her. He does. He loves her. He can't stand me, but he loves her. Oh, I think he, that's a whole nother. That's a whole other ball game. Hey, he yeah. He probably didn't he help. The <laughs> he probably didn't like that I sang the blues on stage and said, you know, you well, got such a great singing voice. So thank you. But you know, I was going to tell you, my son does that where he goes up, he goes up to complete and total strangers and makes friends of them. Or when we went on our trip to China, there was a guy, he was the sweetest kid. And on the first day I said to him, I call him a kid. He's like a grown ass man, but he was younger, like on the younger side. And I said, my son is going to like kind of like own you this whole trip. If you don't like let him know now that he's not, you're not here to play with him. Right. And yeah. he was really yeah. cool. His name was Terry. And he just was like, no, I love kids. And so the, he, he, Terry became like basically like a like a father figure for yeah. him during those few days, which was, you know, that's what they do. It's really it was really sweet. But that's kind of what he did for Zara. Yeah. No, it, it was, was so it was amazing because he empathized in a way, even if he didn't cognizantly know. I know how Zara feels on a, a certain level. He does. Right. Because. Even before you and, can I say Ralphie? Or, oh. Even before you guys started this divorce process, I mean, he was constantly traveling for work and you were such a, um, you were such a good example for me as a wife and a mom dealing with a husband who travels a lot because at the improv, I, I just, I will never forget the conversation we had because you said, okay, so when he's away at work and you miss him and you feel lonely or whatever, that's girl time. That's where you d- take time for yourself to do your thing. And, and focus on comedy, wow. and then you appreciate when he's home, and and you tell your kid, you know, you were just so positive and optimistic, and I really took what you said to heart because becoming a mother and being a female comic, who it's so weird how for me, sorry, am I talking too much about no. myself? Okay, <laughs> I'm like enough about me. Let's talk about me. <laughs> well, no, no, that's why you're here today. Okay, cool, no, cool. I'm like, thanks. I get to not... talk about myself. Um, yeah, well, because I, you know, <laughs> when I got pregnant, it was one of those things where. Oh, I just had a negative thing come through my brain just now. Somebody, somebody said to me, well, you know, uh, it was a, somebody in the industry who is a lesbian. And she said, well, we can't get pregnant 
we can't get pregnant by accident like you did, Tiffany. And I was like, whoa. What? Yeah. So it's like, what, what, it's so wait, we can't, funny. What does that mean? Her and her girlfriend couldn't accidentally get pregnant like oh, I did. Yeah. Well, that was that negative. It's just true. She can't. Yeah. They need sperm. There's yeah. not a sperm. But the way she said it, it was like, uh, I was like, uh. Like, yeah. and then she walked up and was like, lesbians rock. Peace out. Yeah. Is that what it was? I don't She's know. She's like, you're on the wrong team. That's what I was. don't know. Maybe I just was being defensive. I mean, I've, I've, the menopause She's like, is a whole other thing. You should thing. be licking vag. That's what she's saying to you. Like, you can't get prego. Well, no, I was just trying to be positive for her because I think they wanted a kid. And I was like, oh, you could do this. And she's like, well, we can't. Oh, so her, maybe she's like, I want to have a kid. We just can't. Yeah, but it was a little bitter the way she said it. Anyways, oh. point is I should let that go. <laughs> let it go. Uh, the way, when I got pregnant with my daughter, it you know, I had to be on bed rest. It was high risk. And one of the things I realized in the pregnancy, because I battled with maybe I should quit comedy. I should just give it up. Mm. And, because I hadn't really reached you know that level like I had I was still kind of a baby in comedy in a way and one of the things I realized on bed rest and not being able to do comedy and sneaking out to the comedy store pregnant even though I was on bed rest and going to do this oh dangerous yes I know well it was towards the end of the pregnancy and it finally the doctor gave me the green light but I it's fun performing pregnant isn't it? it is so much fun it's like you're it's it's it was a dream come true to be I was in the original room uh pregnant with Zara and in and, and doing my stuff. And one of the things I realized through the whole process is that I love comedy so much and I will never, ever quit. And that it it's just a part of who I am. And I also realized what it took as a comic. And I think being what I like to call a momic is a blessing. And it, it does take you longer, be, if depending on where you, when you have your child. Like if you're already established, like if you've already become like a national touring headliner, so and all hard that, to and do then that. Then you though, have a yeah. the amount of time before yeah. your fertility runs exactly. out. Exactly, it's crazy. A lot of women aren't able to have babies because yeah. they're fo- career focused. No, I mean I think it's a blessing. It's a huge blessing, mm-hmm. and I've gotten so many great jokes out of the. Uh, the, cha- the challenges that come with it, you know, having comics that don't respect you because you're not out every night. And I'm like, well, I have a kid. And they're like, yeah, but you should still be out every night. I'm like, if I was out every night doing comedy, I would be a bad mom because I have a kid. You know what I mean? Like, I still need to be home some nights. And I got a great joke out of that whole thing. You know, that guy hurt me so bad. I remember driving all the way home that night from the uh, Irvine Improv crying. Because, because he told you you should be out every well, night. Well, he basically didn't want me in the green room. He was like, yeah, you know, if you want comics to take you seriously, you should be out every night doing comedy. I was like, well, I had a kid. And I showed him my daughter's. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you had a kid, but you should be out every night. And so my joke that I do now on stage after I preface it with other stuff about us giving birth to humans and pooping out humans and stuff, as I say, <laughs> I'm like, motherfucker, how do you think that that audience you're about to perform in front of got here? It's because of moms <laughs> like me who shitted out a human that you have an audience to perform in front of. You're welcome. There you go. You see, you're providing the, yeah. the people to sit in the seats. And then my husband comes in and says, oh, babe, I think you might be taking a little extreme, taking credit for the human race. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do about those jokes now where I'm like, my husband, I guess I'll be like, my ex-husband. Yeah, you know what? I I mean, the, uh, I have to say that a lot of material will come out of the, you know, because you're in a lot of pain. Yeah. So that's what happened. I, I'm actually going in um, next week to master the audio recording for Limeade. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, I've talked to you a lot about that. Um, so I did this 10, I recorded, actually recorded nine songs this year, all pertaining to going through divorce and, it's or so just great. basically the loss of, um, my, I mean, my heart got broken, yeah. like shattered, spat on, stepped on and crushed and like, so. And then put it into a blender and yeah. drank it and then he pooped it out and then yeah. he, he, and did, then, he did, he, he drank the poop like yeah. the girls, yeah. <laughs> this is the girls do what Charlie eats the poop and then two she cups it out. girls. Yeah. <laughs> It's it was, it's rough, but like what I have to say is it did get me my like get things percolating, and then and anyways, one of the songs didn't fit into the ten, so I went in last week and took one of the really new songs that I've written 
and dropped that into the final 10. And so we're about done, ready That's to master. So awesome. I know. I'm, and it's, it gives me butterflies because, you know, I'm glad it was, I was, I literally would go into Norman's studio, the guy who was amazing, who helped me record this project. And I would sit on his couch and I would cry like it was a fucking yeah. therapist office. And he was so sweet and helped me through it. And the songs are great. So That's I can't so wait to, awesome. I can't wait to release it. I'm really excited. I'm excited. I think we need that. And like, I freaking, I just today finally bought, I don't know why I did this to myself. I got titles so I could hear Beyonce's Lemonade. And then I just finally bought her CD today oh, did, did you, because it's been so therapeutic to me. And, and I, for me, it's almost because we were having problems for a while. I wrote a lot of jokes pertaining to the end before the end came through, you know, and I wrote a lot of songs. Like I wrote the song Marriage Hell, which is a duet you know marriage hell and it's like i remember when i wrote that song i have sheet music for it and he was like oh we've only been married for six months what the hell tiffany and i'm like oh but i um what i was lucky was when i went to philadelphia there was a band there and that was kind of not it's not the same as going to a recording studio but that was where i was releasing right. everything as it was playing out well, you're such a great singer and then you're singing oh, the blues. but i discovered i didn't know i could sing the blues like that i was like what look at this little girl i mean i was just the blues i mean i, I did this <laughs> whole bit where i was just like Oh, because one of the things he had said to me before we left L.A., and it's weird because I was booking all this work and people were like, don't leave. And he was like, well, I just want you to take a back seat. Just don't be so loud and don't don't make so many jokes in the group of people when we're talking. Don't try to be so funny and just kind of, you know, don't change and, everything and, about who you are. And don't be do comedy else. as much. But I remember don't being do like, anything. Don't do anything but be there for me. But I remember being so desperate. Really? I know. And I was so desperate at that point. Is so, his mother super like she's she's shit? not here. She's so he she lost passed. his mom. He lost How? his mom four years ago. And that was honestly the beginning of the end because he. So it, he needed a mom. His mom was everything to him. And the mo I was with him when he found out that she died. And it was very <sighs> sudden and tragic. Awful. And it's almost like a part of him died when she died. Of course. It was, it was very sad. And it, I made a lot of excuses for his lies and his cheating and the abuse because I knew what he was going through. And then at a certain point, you have to let, like, I'm not doing this person any favors by not letting them take responsibility for their actions. Like, he's a grown man. I can't save him. But that's the little girl in me that came from a place of abuse, wanting to save my parents, who were both oh. looking to me for comfort. And I'm like, I'm like four years old. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to tell you. So, so anyway, you and I have a very similar, like, well, Rush from Texas. Can I sing the little, a little song from the blues thing that I did, though? I guess. It'll take Why half not? a second. Oh, okay. Because uh, I feel like a professional singer, I can hear myself in the headphones and like this microphone. <laughs> check, I'm like, check, oh, hey. Check, check. Yeah, it feels pretty cool. Um, I, I uploaded it to YouTube, but it's me doing the blues. And I went in and basically just improved with this house band out there that's amazing called the, um, they're called the Living Sample. And they are every Tuesday night, they do this uh, open mic and work with all these artists uh, at this place called Time. And I did this thing where it was like, uh, this is just part of it. But I was like, I said, ladies, you better watch out for men. They want us to take a back seat. Just be quiet. Hell no, that ain't me. I ain't going to be quiet just because you can't take all this strength, motherfucker. <laughs> told me she told me be real sweet baby make sure you give them lots of blow jobs that's what they like but don't use your teeth they can't stand that <laughs> shit but when it's my turn when it's my turn oh mister can't go downtown <laughs> you're crazy it was crazy you know, but it was so fun yeah it's so funny okay so 
uh, we have uh, the and like the angry woman episode, but uh, we have so many dudes that listen to the podcast. So let's talk a little bit about vagina and dick sucking in a positive way. <laughs> I'm just oh gosh, I'm just I know. No, can't go there, Aaron. <laughs> it's like whatever, fuck it. That's <laughs> so funny. I mean, I'm like looking. I'm looking at the Bible as you say that. That's a funny thing, right there, huh? That's a whole bit right there. Me carrying a Bible around. I know. Well, you know what? It's interesting. When did you start doing that? I started carrying this around in. Uh, so the day, so he basically kicked me out when we got to the East Coast. Well, what's crazy about it, what I find the most like disturbing, and apparently it's quite the trend, is that he moved you out of the state of California. Yeah, yeah. So that it, because California is expensive for child support. I, I, I don't know about all the details with like spousal and all that stuff, but child support, it needs to be high because when your children live in California, it's higher expenses. That's it. It's just simple. Like, sorry, if you live in California... Yeah. Right. So the, all these guys, they try and take move. their wives out of California. Yes. And and you can't like it's just a shitty thing to do. Like he's very smart. I have to give him that much. He's a very, very smart person because he took me away from uh, all of my friends and, and my network and my agent, all the things that, you know, which, you know, I was willing to try. I was willing to try to follow his career around, to travel and follow him. I was willing to leave California for him because I wanted the marriage to work so badly for the sake of my daughter. Mm. And to take me to a place where I had no friends or family and then to kick me out, it was very like, it, he could have destroyed me if I had let him. And I, I saw my Bible, basically I was putting post-its on my things because I wasn't allowed to be there when the movers came. So I was putting post-its on my things and I saw my Bible and I grabbed it. And then I started reading the Bible in the morning and at night, and I started kissing it, and I started teaching Zara to kiss it and saying, this is the word of God. I'm thankful. I'm blessed. And I found a church out there, and I joined their little gospel choir. And I know it's so cheesy, because, and it's, it's ironic, because when I first started doing comedy, I was so vulgar. But even now, I'm at a place where I just, I don't know, like, I feel thankful, and I've it, this kind of helped save me. The, I, it sounds cheesy because before it was meditation for me. I was like, oh, I do transcendental meditation. But there was a certain point where I felt so brokenhearted and so so much trauma from my childhood came back up for me, I think, too. And so I just, there's some so many things in the Bible that are amazing and they're there to protect us from these things. You know, if I had, honestly, if I had followed the Bible, I wouldn't be where I am right now. Well, I mean, the Bible is full of vulgarity and all kinds of oh, things. Oh, I know. I meant like great but, advice. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I, I imagine there's all the lessons in there. You, you Again, you have to learn them for yourself. Exactly. And, That's and you true. know, I don't think. I thought it was I don't funny when you were like, we're Jewish when I had the Bible oh, on the table in the I don't kitchen. care. <laughs> oh, I don't care. Look, I'm, I'm like Jew light. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm Jew. I'm Jew in the way that um, the Hitler would take me and kill me, but I don't practice. I mean, I'm culturally. You were, and then this morning, it's just funny you didn't even register that either. You're, but it, right? Or did you not know that you're Jewish? Yeah, I uh, didn't know. Well, I just know that I'm not I knew very, that we were both from Texas, Jewy, I guess. and that made me. You're not very Jewy. Yeah, te- Texas. You just yeah, there aren't very many Jews. There aren't, right? Mm-hmm. Not really. I got asked where my horns were when people would. Find I knew out I was something was up though, because you weren't like proud to be from Texas. Like I'm like Texas. Yeah, most of us were like we're from Texas. Well, I was born in Canada, so I'm. Yeah, I have that, that Canadian part of me too. I thought it was really funny this morning. With the hands. Oh. <laughs> And then I felt bad for oh, laughing hilarious. about it. Oh, I'm so I'm so inappropriate. So, Aaron, what happened this morning? 
we were walking the kids to school, and there's this area. There's different areas along. I have um, it's about a mile from my house to the school, straight downhill. And so I have names for different parts of the. There's dangerous curve where the cars can come, so we have to stay to the side. And then we're um, then there's this area called um, Bumpy Pass, and. All the kids fall on Bumpy Pass. And August knows that you can't run down Bumpy Pass, but we were trying to hurry to school because we were a little late. Nobody wants to be tardy at all, never mind the first week of school. And uh, and he's really excited to get there. So he's take, he's running down Bumpy Pass, and I was just about to yell, slow down, it's Bumpy Pass. <laughs> and he he ate it. He landed on his hands. <laughs> and he's such a big boy. I went, take a deep breath, because he looked like he was going to cry. And he's so tough. He didn't cry. He just, he's like, oh. And then, and then he's looking at his hands. <laughs> and what did I say? He's got a and cut. So he's got a cut on each hand. Yes. And I said, what did I say? He oh. said, he looks like Jesus. <laughs> it was horrible. And then I was like, God, forgive me for laughing about that. Please, Lord God. It was pretty uh, when funny. I laugh at horrible well, things, Jesus I'm like, Jesus was a Jew. So there I you know. go. I always tell myself that God has a sense of humor and it's okay. And I, you know, that. But, that's, but do you believe that God is like watching you and with yes, you and all that? Yes, I do. And I, when I get chills, that's confirmation for me, especially with all this, uh, the psychic medium work I did. I mean, how would I be able to go and sit down and tell someone I don't even know, this is how your mother died in the most specific way ever, and then deliver messages back and forth? That's a God-given gift. And uh, to be honest with you, that was one of the first things that I changed about myself so that Vince... Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say his name. I'm oh, sorry. So my husband, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to call him. I, the, I'm just like, I just got the phone with the lawyer like on the way here. So I'm like super paranoid about yeah, everything it's I really, say. It's, it's a scary. really hard thing. It's a very hard and scary thing. Um, but the point is, is he didn't, he's agnostic. He doesn't believe in God. And, you know, we all, as women, we have red flags that come up. And well, our, and it was a, that was. He's a, not atheist. He's agnostic. So he just doesn't want to commit. I think he said he believes in something higher, but he doesn't know what it is or something. But he doesn't believe in the Bible. He thinks it's all BS. Uh, something like that. But the point is, is like, I loved that song by Miley Cyrus, The Climb. Dun, 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 dun. It's all about the climb. You know what song I'm talking about? No, but that's okay. I don't. Oh, the troubles I'm facing might knock me down. Oh, I've heard it. Oh, I'm not. Okay, well, okay I know what you're It's about. a great Stairmaster song, okay? <laughs> so I was playing it on the way to the beach. We just started dating, and he like ripped it out, and he's like, she's exactly what's wrong with the world. And I'm like, but I love that song. It makes me think of God. And he's like, there is no God or something like that. And I was like, oh, shoot. Maybe I shouldn't be with this person, but I stayed. And then I dimmed Oof. my spiritual light because... That's what he wanted, and I was gonna mold mold myself so that I didn't lose this thing. Well, yeah, I mean, you guys, I mean, you change, and the people around you change you, and I mean, it's a learning process. Yeah, you know what? Here's the thing, too. You've got a gift. I mean, like, I feel that way all the time. I've got two amazing children, and I'm able to to, you know, it's just different places in life, right? Like we talked about this the other day too. How lucky you are because health-wise you wouldn't be able to have a child now oh i know so you basically you got her in you had like a window you had yeah. you got you got this gift right in the pocket yeah. so it's, it's funny because before all this happened i would say to him look if you don't want to be with me because i can't have any more children i understand you know i don't want to hold you back from having more children like i was always like honest and just like you know hey um Sorry, I'm like traveling off. It's this is not supposed to be depressing. Let's make <laughs> no, it's it fun. Okay. It's, no, Let's make it fun. Tiffany, it's okay. No, it's yeah. real. You know, I mean, um, it's it's totally cool. Like, we'll get it. We trust me. We've done um, other podcasts that were serious. 
Well, oh. or plenty of just talking about just bullshit. Bullshit. I, yeah. I'm just. I, I think when you kind of well, you kind of screwed it over talking about like the fact that you do psychic readings and stuff. Like, I mean, I'm that. So you can tell if somebody lost somebody and communicate yeah. with like a dead relative. Yeah. Yeah. You re- it, yeah. yeah. But you so know, when you look at somebody like Aaron who's sitting right there, can you like see a dead relative like hanging out with him? If I turn, if I tune into that, yes. I'll give you an example actually, because I don't want to do any work right now just because I'm in such a place of healing that I don't, I don't feel comfortable. Like I had somebody who wants a reading from me on the internet. They were contacting me and I just, I can't, I don't want to go there right now. I need to focus on my daughter and comedy and all these things. And then maybe I'll go back to that. Um, cause I was also struggling with accepting money for it. I just, at a certain point didn't feel right about it, but then I'm like, well, I need something for my time. Cause it's so draining. You'll do a reading and then be just drained because that takes a lot of energy to communicate. But how does that work for you? It's just a natural thing that you have you know, happen or is it? I, yeah, I mean, I used to think I was crazy. You know, I was on antidepressants for years and then my gift really kind of honed in and started like, and this is not me telling anyone to get off your medication at all, but my gift, uh, really kind of zoomed in and like, but you were depressed. You were feeling depressed eye. because you had like something like, did you feel like you're well, like, talking to you or no, 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 Like no, it was more like, you know, I had experience with a ghost when I was little and I was always a very sensitive child. What happened? Um, when I was little, what happened? Yeah. I, <laughs> gosh, I'm like, is this lawyer's going to listen to this and be like, she's insane. Uh, well, I think little kids see things sometimes. No, yeah, I, and I, mean, I did. I saw a lot of stuff. And also little kids' imaginations sometimes work their way into other things. Like, they no, see things I, they don't understand. I who knows ex- if they're seeing things they don't understand or if they're seeing something that we don't perceive because yeah. we've outgrown that. No, I, I, I had experience. With, I'll do it a short version because it's a very detailed story. But I had experiences growing up with ghosts. And then I started, I had, like, dreams about people. And then they would come true. So, like, I had this coach I was really close to because he was a man. And I loved, I gravitate towards men because my father... Uh, wasn't in my life as much as he had been, and I missed him. So, anyways, this coach, Coach Cockerham, I still remember his name. Well, how can you forget that name? I know, Cockerham. Cockerham. <laughs> <laughs> but he was such a great guy, and I, uh, he, I remember he got sick, he had a heart attack, and I was so upset. And my mom was like, "It's gonna be okay," and he got better. He came back to school, and then I uh, always had a hard time sleeping by myself because uh, I had night terrors for a little while too. So, anyways, this one night I had a nightmare about Coach Cockerham and I. We were being chased by these giraffes and we were trying to get away from them. And they were giant monster giraffes and we were in these golf carts trying to get away from them. And it was such a bad nightmare. My sister had to come, my older sister, and come sit with me and hold my hand so I could go back to sleep. So the next morning, because I was so upset, my mom called to check on Coach Cockerham and it turned out he had died that night. <gasps> so that was like... Oh. Yeah. And so stuff like that would happen. And... I, uh, what did you, uh, did, was that somebody that you ever think about otherwise or just that one time? Well, it was just a dream I had and then he died. And then I, that it was crazy that he had died that night. And then I had other experiences People too. People talk about that all the time. Yeah. Like they feel something happened to a close relative or somebody. Yeah, that- it's so true. You know what? We're all connected. And the thing that I think that people don't realize sometimes is that the spiritual world is, it's, we're living like right now, everything going on in the world, it's a spiritual warfare in a way. It's, you know, it's a good against evil. And you see that in the art, you know, like Star Wars, you know, the dark and the light. And <laughs> the dark. It's true, though. It's so true. And I, I here's my thing. I love helping people. So I consider my sessions a healing session. So when I see people like I had a chick that had half of an aura around her head and I'd never seen this before in my entire life. This was like a year and a half ago. By the time I finished, you can look at somebody and see. If yeah, an aura. not all the time, but this time I could. And by the time I finished my session with her, her aura went all the way around her head. It started out. I could see half of it and then it went all the way around. It was the most tripped out, amazing thing ever. 
And to know what does that, that mean, your aura? Like, what like is that? it was like a light around her head, like almost like a mix. It looked like a rainbow, but like it was like streaming rainbow, like water light around half of her head. And then at the end of the session, it was all the way around her head because she had healed a little in that session. Because we, you know, in this day and age, we're so conditioned to just like keep it together, be happy and work, work, work. And there's a real thing going on. And physically, you feel things, you know, I used to get anxiety in my stomach. And I remember when it came out of my chest, I felt it. It was it had come from my chest. I mean, from my stomach all the way out of my chest, which is a good thing. You've got to feel things and let them go and talk about it and process it. And when we're in such a world of such like, let's be productive, it's hard, at least maybe America, I guess in other countries, there are more, you know the buddhist and thailand is a very special place i mean well they're also like a ton of poverty and just struggling to survive so who knows yeah like it's the spirituality of of being like of not having footwear is a whole different like like just you don't have the option like yeah but i mean look at me right now i'm struggling i mean Mm -hmm. i don't know how i'm gonna finish paying for the the lawyers and and any of that but i'm able to wake up and say thank you god and look at my daughter and say thank you for my daughter and and we talked about that the other day like it's it's uh, when I, I, you know, things have been shitty, like really shitty this year. And like, I, 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 I my heart like hurts still to yeah. this day. But remember when we stopped at the gas station, I said, and you came back and you had a banana. And I, said, <laughs> I said, we're, we're going to be okay, <laughs> Tiffany, because you can afford the gas station banana. Cause the ba- gas station banana is at least 30 cents more than a grocery store banana. And so therefore I think we're going to be okay. And we were giggling about that. But it's true, right? It is like true. life is not bad. You can still afford the uh, like the convenience store banana. It's true. I mean, and there's there's people that like in the comedy world, I've been so blessed to meet that have given me the greatest advice because I really struggled. I didn't really have uh, postpartum uh, as a mother. I think I had a little bit of postpartum associated with comedy because I couldn't go up every night anymore and I had to oh. learn that, you know, oh, okay, this is a new life for me now. I can go up some nights, but not all nights and I remember I had a set at La Laugh Factory where it was just a horrific experience because, you know, how some of these male comics are. I'm sorry, but this guy, Aww. like, set me up for failure, basically. And um, But when I, when I got off the stage, you know, it wasn't a horrible set, but it wasn't the best. And because uh, he was just like, okay, he's like, you know, have you hosted before? I'm like, what? And he's like, okay. I was like, I'm hosting. He's like, no, but you've hosted, right? I was like, yeah. He's like, okay, go up, be happy, be positive, no cussing, be super clean. I'm like, what? And he's like, you're going up now. I'm like, oh, okay. And I went up. And it was like a mediocre set. And then I got off and then he got up on stage and he was super dirty and funny. And I was like, what? I'm so confused. And he gave me like four minutes and everybody else had like 10 to 15 minutes. And I was like, what the hell? So as I was, I was leaving, I was crying and Dane Cook came up to me and he started talking to me and he was like, you know, cause I was like, I'm just upset cause I have a baby and I, I love her so much, but I love comedy and I feel like I'm not getting on stage as much. And he was telling me, oh, well, I have a friend who's a singer who has kids now and she feels the same struggle. He said, so the key thing for you is to focus on what you can do now as a mom, not what you can't do. He's like, now you can write more during her naps and now you can... Yeah, and it was like such a like... He's always been a nice... Uh, yeah, I mean, I've always found him to be really sweet. Yeah, no, he was so nice. Yeah. Like, he didn't have to stand there for 10, 15 minutes and talk to me while I was crying. Like, it was super sweet of him. And, you know, I realized later my hormones were insane because I was going through early menopause. I didn't know that either, but... It was a gift because I still take his advice. I'm like a sponge, you know, and I, uh, I think about that. Oh, well, I can write, I can write during her naps. And I did mm-hmm. that for a while. I wrote during her naps and it's, well, it's interesting. You know, it's, it's the ebb and flow of life. Yeah. So I think you're doing better than you probably, I mean, it's just, it's a slump, but it's not the end of everything. Oh, I know. It's just, I, the, the, the whole family, the whole family aspect, I think is what I, what I'm still struggling to accept, you know, is that. Yeah, Hollywood, man. I just feel like these jobs make it hard sometimes, you know? Like, I 
you know, I see these people out in the Midwest that are working nine to five, Monday through Friday That's jobs. Hard too. And, yeah, but you know, at least they see their spouses every morning and every night and on the weekends, and they have time to work out through the kinks in their marriage. And I feel like sometimes well, when you're. It doesn't no. work there either, right? No. I mean, come on. No. It's, okay. Look, I, I kind <laughs> of view. I'm, I've got this. Even when I was married and I thought happily married, I, I, I used to say to people, then I was wrong in many respects, but that marriage worked for me because I, you know, I thought we were doing okay at the time. But in this ecosystem we live, it's, you know, we kind of have this weird thing where we're like two people are needed to support because of the yeah. of the way that the life is with the money and needing. I mean, we can't just grow all of our food and slaughter a cow in our yard. Like it's not. That's, I mean, we could if we wanted to. Well, break it down. Not really. We can't you just still we can need move to the country. Money. Oh, that's true. You, you might still do that. like to start it though. You could start it with money and then and sustain you'd still, it. And could you do that by yourself? No. Like, I mean, you I, need a village. Like you need, and and we live in a weird community where everybody kind of has to. I mean, see, I don't know. I would I would agree with you, except for the fact that like I never thought I'd be able to like take my daughter around on a bike in a wagon and have a bike and use that as a vehicle for a month in Philly, and that's what I did. And I never thought I'd do that. I'm like, shoot, I can do anything and. Yeah, but do, uh, what I'm saying, what I think I'm getting to is that marriage, it, it may, maybe we're not supposed to be with the same person forever. Yeah. It's, in fact, it's it in nature, it's counterintuitive to have more than one child with the same person because it should be people should be men and women both should be um, genetically diversifying. See, so. It, it's something about that. It's very not unnatural to be I would one agree person with you, for the rest of your life. Except that when I see couples who've been together for over 30, 40 years and they look so peaceful and happy, they say it was a lot of work, but it's worth it. Like well, you don't see me. I wanted the my forever too. No, I, I mean, know, I wanted I my forever so desperately. I would have probably done anything to try and keep that on I the know. rails. They need to tell little girls realistic fairy tales, like, hey, and, and <laughs> they do. They need to be like, oh, and, the, right and then the she met the prince, and the prince was really handsome, but he had really bad credit. But she went out with the prince anyway, and he destroyed and, her credit too. <laughs> and then he destroyed her credit, and he never called her again. Uh, and it turns out the prince was actually already married, so he was actually. Cute and he had three children and I don't know like or how about this one the princess marries the frog and he stays a frog <laughs> yeah he never changes he never follows through with our all the promises pr- our, or she she marries Prince Charming and ten years later she comes home and finds her fucking him fucking another dude because he's gay exactly right I know that fairy tale I've had several people have that happen to them what else which other one can he's we do he's tall dark and a sociopath or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes or how about how about a uh, how about um, give me another fairy tale? We got a uh, well. Oh, I, we got Bell. Look at I. I tell people all the time what I went through was like basically. I'm like, imagine if Bell had married Gaston. That was mean. There goes the baker with his tray, like always. The same old breast and roasted sound. Every morning, just the same. So I married that sociopath. Good morning, Gaston. Couldn't wait to see you. I couldn't wait to see me either. <laughs> Aren't I the greatest? <laughs> oh, I'm such a jerk to you now because you don't let me smoke weed anymore. <laughs> there goes the baker with his tray, like. Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I just sing randomly so much more now than I was even before. I'm like. <laughs> Praying out loud and singing out loud. That's because then his lawyers can be like, she's not the beacon of mental stability. Look at her. Who sings Broadway show tunes in public on the street? But, you know, I don't think that, I don't necessarily think that Belle got the better deal. She didn't want the, oh, you know what? Somebody pointed out to me, actually. He goes, he said, the beast, it turns into Gaston. He goes, well, think about it. The beast ends up becoming Gaston. He turns into this hunk. And worse than that, like the beast was up in that 
beautiful house forever and ever and never bothered to learn to read. That's true. He had a library and that ignorant fuck didn't bother to pick up a book, not once. Well, and then my friend pointed out yesterday that the draw to the beast was that he was the beast and then he wasn't the beast anymore. He was like, you know, like a kind of like a watered down version of Gaston. Right. And she had that. What's that syndrome where you fall in love with your captor? Oh yeah, Stockholm yeah, syndrome. Stockholm, yeah, Stockholm syndrome. And I bet she never finished reading. I bet she. I bet he made her quit reading. And <laughs> he's like, "You're singing too loud." If I if I had a dime for every guy that complained about me being too loud, by the way, he wasn't the first guy that complained about that. What I just, that you sing a, too loud? Well, I, I'm just loud. I have a loud voice, and I like to sing. And some people just don't like that. And I don't know. I mean, well, he married you, so he must have liked it at one time. I think sometimes the things that you fall in love with somebody for things, things that, you that you maybe you end up for. not liking. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. People change, and like I still think I'm going to meet Keanu Reeves, and that we're going to fall in love and get married. And you're, you're uh, still holding on to Keanu. I think Keanu Reeves and I are going to meet, and I think because I meditate, he meditates, and we're both chill. And um, I think that uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> this, Tiffany, this is my fantasy. <laughs> I think that that could happen for you. Anything's anything's possible. And then he'll help me produce my musical because I want to make a musical. Like I want to do a throwback to Singing in the Rain, but I want it to be like this day and age type of thing. You know, like. And do all my musical songs that singing I wrote. Singing in the acid rain. Um, singing in the singing, singing in the smog of LA. <laughs> even though he went away and <laughs> broke your heart. Oh, no. Okay. No, no, no. Let's get back to the okay. positive part. Happy, okay. happy, happy. All right. So with that, all right. You're going to meet Keanu Reeves. And Everything's going to be up. good. And your jurisdiction will come back to California. <laughs> You'll be okay. You'll be able to stay here forever and ever. And you're going to be just fine. Life is going to be good. We'll check in with you. In like Am six I allowed months to say year? anything about my GoFundMe or no? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Well, I've only raised $100. Why not? Well, because so he... Um, well, let, uh, this is it. Okay? Like right now, Tiffany um, is is doing... like Yeah, go ahead. Like it, this is tough. Is that bad? Okay. Why well, is that bad? No, oh. no, not at all bad. Well, I made a GoFundMe page because I don't have any money for a lawyer. Um, you know, I was kind of a housewife who auditioned and did comedy at night. And I just started to make money for myself. And then we left California. Um so I made a GoFundMe page to help me raise money for the lawyer fees because he has a very rich uncle who's fueling all his lawyer fees. Um, and he threatened me to, I mean, he threatened me when I was pregnant to take her away from me with his rich uncle. So anyways, uh, it's like, it's all coming true. Hopefully not. I'm going to stay positive. Uh, so where can they find the... So the GoFundMe page I made is... Well, uh, do you have any offers? Like, you know how when people do GoFundMe, they're like, for $20, you get this. For this, you get that. Like, if somebody were to give you, like, $10,000, will you, like, send them a pussy pic or something? Because that's what my listeners probably want. What? Are you I'm just kidding? kidding. I was just kidding. Just oh, my God. I was like, well, I have a bush and I have herpes, so... Oh, stop. I don't know that they would want that. You want to pick a hurt pick? Stop. Now, I'm just, not ashamed of my herpes. I'm sorry. I'm not ashamed of it because it's not my fault that I got it. Well, I didn't do anything wrong. Well, that's H. Prob- go ahead. I th- you can't just drop that now. The we bomb? Gotta, yeah. Oh, the herpes thing. I didn't. Yeah. I don't want to go into too much detail because I don't want to get in trouble. But I mean, yeah, I was married and I got herpes and I while was, you were married and faithful, yeah. To him. So like, I don't. That's like that. Just makes me just what oh. There was an explanation that my doctor gave me because of the early menopause. And he said that to go through menopause at 35 is kind of insane. And he said there is a chance that you had it for years and that now that you've gone through menopause, your immune system has weakened so much that and you went through a stressful time in your marriage that it just came out or something. He said that was a possibility. I love that you're open about talking about it because most people do not talk about when they have herpes at all. Yeah, I know. They won't open up about it and I'm just I'm amazed with how open you are because I think 
I mean, I probably so many people are dealing with that. Yeah. No, it was horrifying when I got it. And it was also, it was like, I remember when I got it and I thought, oh my God, I can't take a bath with my daughter anymore. And oh my God. If Why? It, that's, well, that, I, I can, but I thought I couldn't. Like, I thought I would give it to her by taking a bath. And, and then I thought, oh my God, um, you know, if me and Vince don't work out, then the next guy isn't going to want me because I'm a single mom with herpes. And I wrote a joke where I'm like, no, I can't have any more children, but if I could, I would blind them with my herpes. Like, I just wrote jokes about it and tried to make it funny. <laughs> That's actually like kind of scary. So I can't have any more children. I, I, I put that in, in a bit where I was singing. So I was singing opera and then I pop him and go, no, I can't have any more children. Okay, anyways. I'm, um, uh, funny in the moment. It was funny in the moment. Yeah. It's kind a, of... It's, yeah, it's a weird mm. little like singing song I wrote. But um, <laughs> no, I don't think that women should be afraid. I just don't think that women should be should be ashamed of having herpes or any STD because it's not your fault. I mean, like if you had unprotected sex, there's a chance you're going to get an STD. But if you're married and you trust the other person and you get some kind of STD, what do you have to be ashamed about? You didn't do anything wrong. So, I mean, unless you just want to be really private and keep it to yourself, then go ahead. But you're going to eventually meet someone and have to tell them anyways. That's your responsibility. So I might oh, as well. You legally have to tell people. Yeah. Because if you don't, then yeah. you can be like, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. And I don't I don't have a problem telling people things about myself because I'm not ashamed of anything. Because this, this, whole, this whole purpose on earth is to help each other and grow and learn. So... Why be ashamed about anything? I mean, there's, unless you go and murder someone, like, I'd be ashamed of that, you know? Like, that's a shameful thing. But something that you had no control over, then that's just, it's good to share because there's other people that probably feel alone and probably feel like, oh my God, my life is over. I have herpes. No, your life isn't over. There's this tea tree oil you can get at, her, at uh, Trader Joe's <laughs> really? <laughs> that it helps with the, um, they can help with the outbreak and it, it was really, really, it's, I was surprised how painful my first outbreak was. I was actually like in shock at how painful it was. But then after that, they're not that painful. You just have to pay attention and be, uh, you know, cognizant and How be often does it happen? You know what? I don't think I've had an outbreak since that one outbreak. I really don't. I think I get paranoid every now and then um, and I'm hypersensitive, but I haven't had one since then. And uh, yeah, I mean. God, you're brave for talking about it. I have to say that's incredibly brave. After this, what do you say we go kayaking? I don't get it. Like, the commercials. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> she said that the other day when she was... Oh, horse, I said horseback well, no, riding. I remember when I, when I had my first outbreak, I had just gone to Texas and I'd rode, ridden my friend's horse. And I was I like, oh, it must be a rash from the horse. That's what I thought. I was like, oh, so this one. I even put calamine lotion on it because I didn't know that it was herpes. Because, I mean, why would I all of a sudden get herpes? So then I remember going to the doctor. He's like, no, you have herpes. I was like, what? I was like, do you think the horse had herpes? And he was like, <laughs> he was like uh, no. The you horse have, gave it to you. Yeah. I was like, Were you fucking the horse? Yeah. I was like riding it upside down. Sorry. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I must have slipped in there. Um, it was just insane. And I don't know. I guess maybe as a mom, I think some women, when they become mothers, feel like they can't say certain things. But Well, no, just I mean, people in general are very private about about that because I just, there, there is sort of like, well, there's stigma associated with it, but oh, can I, I do I the, Can I tell you? Brave, Thank yes, you. of course. So I don't, I don't know how to. So please, that's, guys, that's, please well, that's the go link for the GoFundMe. It says to help Tiffany King and her daughter, and just has some photos of. But the what's the domestic what, what abuse. is the site? You go to GoFundMe. How do you find your thing? Do you type in <sighs> Tiffany King or what? I don't know. That's a really good. Ra- I can give you the address here. Here's the okay. address because I guess I should know more about. Because after think, your story, I think that people will really actually want to support really? you. Yes. Well, I mean, it's, come on, you're going through a divorce from a man who more than likely made you sick and you need help and it's well it's eight doesn't feel for you huh he doesn't who doesn't oh i was like yeah he Come doesn't on. feel for me I don't know. no it's, um 
It's HTTP, you know, the whole thing, HTTPS and then www.gofundme.com. And then my thing, I guess my identifying number thing for it is 2XFU8Z3G, 2XFU8Z3. Okay, that's really hard. So okay. how about this? Why don't you give your social media, like where people can find you online? Because that's really easy. It's just Tiffany King. Tiffany King, I just haven't posted it to my social media. But I mean, where, like, if somebody wants to find you, just give me, because this is going to be a while, anyways, before it comes out. So Tiffany okay. King, T I F F A N Y K I N G, on Twitter. Is that it? Um, at Tiffany R. King on Twitter. R. King. At Tiffany R. King on Twitter. And then Tiffany King on Facebook. And then on, um, I guess I'm I'm still like scared to share it, so that's why I'm, I don't have it on my social media. But uh, and then on Instagram, I'm Comic Turk Dreams, Comic T R K Dreams. I got lots of pictures of me and my daughter and uh, me singing, and I got a little sketch I did with Shantae Wayans and her girlfriend um, that I just posted. Some stuff from the Improv, yeah. That's uh, awesome, Lana. I just want to say thank you before, and I feel like we're hanging up, but I just wanted to say how. Um, I just think that you're a really, really, really nice person, and oh, that shuck. stop. Tell well, me off the tell me off the air. No, okay, tell me we're done. We gotta wrap it up. Oh, well, okay. up well, I just wanted to say thank you for everything. Thank you for having me on the show. That Crystal Powers and I had an amazing time with you at the Houston Improv, and I had Aww. so many people that loved you. And I just think you're awesome, and I think that it matters that you're nice and that you're also powerful. That's a cool oh, combination. You cry, but I'm I'm glad I'm here for you, and I'm and you've been equally as. And can I stay at your house for another month? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just joking. Yeah. I'm kidding. No, I think it's been just, a pleasure having you. Then yes, I'm here for you if you need me. And guys, you. Aaron, anything from you? Thank you, Tiffany. Thank you. No, thank you for having You're me. You're awesome. Okay, guys, I'm Lana Turner. Thank you. You're so sweet, Tiffany. Um, it's been a pleasure. Um, you guys can please come back to the Perfect Ten podcast every week. Perfect Ten podcast. I'm Lana Turner. Tell ten people. Oh, and I wanted to say on uh, September second, I'm going to be in Punta Gorda, Florida. Nice. Um, and I'm playing a gig. There, um, it's like a, a restaurant called Porky's, I think. Oh, that's so, awesome! Yeah, September second in Florida, and I've got other dates too. You can always check in with me. I'm I'm doing a lot of stuff. I'm just not great at getting it up online, but I'm getting better. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lana. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Perfect Ten. Tune in next week when we'll do it again. And tell all of your friends and... Well, you get the idea. Subscribe. Visit our page on iTunes. Leave us plenty of comments and a high rating. Check out our website at perfect10pod.com. We'll see you next week. Suckers.